So today we're going to talk about Action Park, which is probably the most dangerous theme park in American history. So Action Park is and was, we'll get to that, an amusement park located in Vernon, New Jersey in the United States of America on the grounds of a ski resort called Mountain Creek. And by the 80s, it had grown into a major destination with 75 rides, including 35 motorized self-controlled rides and 40 water rides. But it also racked up an impressive toll of injuries and multiple fatalities in its first incarnation. So let's talk about some of the the more notable rides. And I'm going to start with the one that led to the first fatality in the park, sadly. The Action Park Alpine Slide. Alpine Slide was kind of underneath the ski area's chairlift. And basically you were on a little sled and you got to go down this this Alpine Slide. And people would be on the chairlift and like throw things at people going down the ride, which is really terrible. And you basically were in charge of your own speed on your little cart by a little, a little brake. And so sometimes people would basically overbrake and like come to a stop too quickly and crash. The fatality in 1980, uh, someone suffered a head injury. They slid off the track and then fell down a large embankment. Uh, And between 1984 and 1985, so just one year, Mike, one year, 14 fractures and 26 head injuries occurred uh, by visitors of the Alpine Slide. In the Wikipedia article, there's a they have a lot of quotes from a, a guy called Tom Fergus, who was a former park employee. I think I read something like he said that the the speed of this ride with that little stick that adjusted the braking was basically incredibly slow or deathly fast. Yeah, and that was kind of what led to the fact that so many people got hurt on Alpine Slide, and it was one of their key attractions for a long time. And they ended up like putting up a bunch of signs and stuff, which would try and uh, like let people know how dangerous it was but people still wrote it this is one of the really interesting things about action park is that people continued to go there even though people were getting hurt all the time and like it was made abundantly clear that people would get hurt on alpine slide they had signs but people still rode the ride (laughs) Yeah, well, to be fair, they put hay bales in the curves of the uh, oh, well, that's track. So if you if you jump the track, it would cushion your blow. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, especially with the Alpine Slide. Like you look at pictures of it. Like I would, that's something I would totally could do. I love go karts. I love like driving fast. Like I, I like that sort of attraction. Um, and I think it's one of those things where like the the temptation of fun tells your brain oh no the danger's not real it won't happen to me but according to 1984 to 1985 stats it very well could be you and we should say like we're talking about action parker in jest because you kind of have to have humor about it because otherwise it's just really depressing yep. for mike and i there is no uh, humor intended towards injuries or death it is tragic no, we we are looking at this purely as an objective type of thing right it was horrible that people got hurt but you know, it's, it was a long time ago, and we're just kind of looking at it now as a peculiarity of a thing, Action Park. So there was also a skateboard park that was actually only open for a year. And the reason was because it was so dangerous. <laughs> it lasted for one year. <laughs> yeah, and it, it basically was like constructed really poorly, and the same yep. park employee in the and the article is like, the skate park was responsible for so many injuries, we covered it up with dirt and pretended it never existed. Yeah, one of the things uh, that was funny, it was like they were using the type of concrete and stuff that you'd find in paving slabs. So there were just a bunch of like uneven oh, surfaces. God. 
that they turned into a skateboard park, which is possibly the worst thing you could do for a skateboard park. Yeah, you want a skateboard, you 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 want that surface to be really smooth. Yeah, um, it's really shoddy construction. Cannonball loop. This is like the flagship, right? Yeah. If you just see a picture of this thing, it really is everything you need to know about Action Park. They're like all the the hard work of thinking through things and the engineering that went into this cannonball loop really, I think, sums up the whole experience for people. So the cannonball loop was a water slide, which was enclosed. So it was like a tube that you went through Mm -hmm. that had a vertical loop in it. Now, a vertical loop is what you see in roller coasters. Like when you're on a roller coaster and you go up and you go around and you're upside down for a moment. Where you have things like wheels and tracks and seatbelts. Yeah, but this is a water slide where kind of the laws of physics, I think, would work against you yeah. in this scenario. Because imagine going down the water slide, right? And you're in water, right? That That's how it works. Like the water is below you and that's how you slide around. When it you go around the vertical loop, where does the water go? Because I can't imagine it would stick with you at all times. The force would keep it on the outside of the tube. And that's where you would be as well. But I think the, the where this got really dangerous is that... People weren't moving fast enough yeah, to stay on the I outside. You get to the top and fall onto and fall it, down. Right? <laughs> which is not a very nice experience. Employees of Action Park, when they were building this thing, were offered $100 bills to test it. That's <laughs> amazing. And it was only open for a month before a state order closed it because there were too many bloody noses and back injuries caused by the vertical loop. And someone actually got stuck in the loop section at the top and they had to cut someone out and build a hatch so they could easily get people out when they got stuck, which reminded me of the Simpsons episode, the Mount Rushmore. Do you, are you familiar with that episode? Uh, I'm, I'm not a... a- the big Simpsons guy, so fill me in. So this is an episode where they go to a big water park and they go down this slide and Homer gets stuck in it and they have to cut him out. Wow. And I wonder if, because Mount Rushmore is a thing that exists, but I wonder if the story for Homer getting cut out of Mount Rushmore could potentially have been uh, influenced by the Cannibal Loop. They reopened it again in 95 and 96, but only for a couple of days apiece because injuries kept forcing it to be shut down. I don't know why, one, it was built, and then two, after the state decided to close the thing, they thought they could reopen it again. I'm not really sure why the Cannibal Loop went through this kind of history. The state of New Jersey really struggled to keep up with some of the stuff that was going on, but... Uh, and now today, of course, there's lots more legislation built around this thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, why would you think it'd be safe to reopen? Like, oh, I know people got stuck 10 years ago, but I'm sure it's physics have changed between now and then. So the tidal wave pool. This is um, this is maybe the most deadly part of Action Park. It had its first death in 1982. Another person dro- drowned about five years later. According to this article, the 12 lifeguards on duty would rescue 30 people over the course of a weekend. And so, are you familiar with a with a wave pool, Mike? Have you ever seen one of these things? Yep, I've been in a wave pool. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can you can see how it would happen, right? You have water moving, and some of the pictures of Action Park is is packed with people. They had like no sense of maximum occupancy that was safe, but uh, it's it was kind of made worse that you couldn't tell the pool got deeper on one end, and it was hard to see that, and so people would get kind of pulled into the deep end. It had a nickname by the employees as the Grave Pool, which is really dark. That's just what you want, really, the employees of the theme park to be calling one of the rides. 
Yeah. And part of his problem, part of the reason it was called the Grave Pool was because it wasn't really easy with the way it was laid out for people to kind of see where the deep end was. Right. So you'd be in the kind of the shallow end and a wave would hit you, one of the big waves, and you'd be pulled out to the deep end. And what was happening was people that were maybe not very strong swimmers then couldn't kind of get their bearings and couldn't swim in the deeper end. They couldn't put their feet on the bottom anymore. Right. Hence, 30 rescues in a weekend. Jeez, man. Yeah, so there was like, it had people dying in 82. The people were drowning five years later. Like, there's no reason that it was called the grave ball. We said that, you know, somebody got lost their life in 82. There was another death in 82 as well from a kayak ride called the Kayak Experience that they had, mm-hmm. which was basically kind of one of these, you get in a kayak and it's like a rapids type scenario. Um, and you can kind of imagine how a wild water ride in kayaks could go wrong because kayaks flip all the time. Yeah, it's not designed for that sort of activity. So that was where they lost another life in 82. Uh <laughs> God. And then there was Roaring Rapids. Roaring Rapids caused a bunch of fractured femurs, collarbones, and noses. Uh, and then the diving cliffs. I think this is maybe my favorite of like terrible decisions. They had a bunch of cliffs that you could jump off. They were 23 feet and 18 feet, and they had a pool at the bottom. But the pool at the bottom was also used for people to swim in. Like it wasn't a closed off pool. So you could be swimming around and then somebody jumps from 23 feet and land on you. <laughs> and then and then they painted the bottom of the pool white because it was easier to spot drowning people. <laughs> so diving cliffs. I-, I agree with you. I think this may be like the most like, I mean, yes, you can look at the cannonball loop and realize that, hey, physics is working against you. But like just common sense tells you that if you have a pool of non-swimmers, A, they shouldn't be in 16 foot water anyways. But two, like, 23 feet is a hell of a highway up. Like, you don't want to be jumped on from up there. And with the one lifeguard, like, that's really the worst part, right? That yep. they, Action Park was understaffed, and we'll get into, into some staffing issues they had, but just, like, completely unprepared for what would, what would happen. This episode of Ungenius is made possible by Quickie, a new Mac app that puts Wikipedia right in your menu bar. With Quickie, Wikipedia is just a click away. You can view articles directly in the app or open them in your browser. And if you want to share an article, Quickie has a bunch of different ways to get that done. You can paste a URL, markdown link, or HTML ready to be added to a blog post or web page. It uses the Wikipedia search API inside a native OS X application. Quickie is not a simple web viewer like so many other apps out there. When you're trying to keep up with the wild articles you hear about on this show... Have Quickie at hand so you can play along at home. You can go to getquickie.co to learn more. We'd like to thank Quickie for supporting Ungenius and all of Relay FM. So when I was going through this Wikipedia article, there was a line that jumped out to me, which was attempting to sum up Action Park, which is such a perfect Wikipedia line. So the, the line is, Action Park's most successful years were the mid-1980s. Most of the rides were still open, and the park's later reputa- reputation for danger had not yet developed. It's like such a great Wikipedia line, right? It's like, oh, everything was good. Later, it was terrible. And the danger of Action Park is very interesting, right? So we've gone into talking about some of the rides that caused all of these injuries. But there is way more to this story, which is super, super weird. So this danger had a few interesting effects. Right, so we already mentioned that 1982 was a bad year, so there was the kayak experience death and the tidal wave pool death. What we didn't mention was that these two deaths occurred within one week of each other, 
and one of the so the one of the rides was permanently closed. The kayak experience was shut down after this, but popularity did not decrease in '82. Like everybody knew that this happened, but like the popularity of the park didn't decrease. And I guess maybe it's because people had already decided that they were going. And one of the other kind of effects of the danger, whilst it didn't decrease people coming, what it did do is increase the amount of people that were going to the hospital. And because of it, the nearby town of Vernon bought extra ambulances to deal with the five to ten accidents a day generated in the park's busy season. And you can imagine, you know, they're, if they're open 10 or 12 hours a day, five or 10 accidents is like one every hour or two. I mean, it's a, an astonishing rate of injury. Yeah. But looking at the rides that we've gone through, it's hardly surprising. No. There's like six or seven open rides at a time that were causing severe injuries to people. So that's like 1982. We get into 1984. Um, there were another two deaths that summer. That's really when the trouble, I guess it took, you know, four deaths to actually start causing legal trouble for Action Park. Uh, they were wrapped up in lawsuits. Uh, the state investigated um, the leasing of the land to the park. Yeah, this this gets super weird. It's like there they, they were basically the group of companies that owned the land that Action Park was built on were brought to a 110-count grand jury indictment saying that they were setting up some kind of unauthorized insurance company, which when you start to think about it, it's like, was the insurance against the injuries? Like, what was this insurance for? And it kind of starts to get real icky. And then Eugene Mulverhill, he was the guy who was in charge of Action Park. He pled guilty to five insurance-related charges at this point which then started to cause some serious money problems for Action Park, which led to its later shutdown. Yeah, so you have kind of two things going on, right? You have the people getting hurt, people getting killed. That's in the news. You have this guy pleading guilty to a bunch of charges. But at this point, Action Park still had over a million visitors a year. Like it's People just seem to write this off or not care about it and say, hey, you know, we're going to go have fun anyways. And it's... <laughs> What's what's really terrible is that the one million visitors, park officials said that that number made the death rate statistically insignificant. Because it's like, if you've got that many people, of course well, some of them are going to die. right? But like I think usually when you're looking at statistics like that, it's like natural causes or accidents, not things generated by theme park rides. I think you've, you've kind of skewed the statistics when you're the ones kind of causing it. It's a very weird thing. You can see how they would get to that and would say that, but it's not really a cool thing to say. And uh, this kind of all of the accidents and stuff of Action Park led to giving it kind of local nicknames. It had uh, Accident Park, Class Action Park, and Traction Park. I like Traction Park <laughs> <too>. a lot. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so let's get into a little bit about why it was so bad. We talked a lot about the ride design. Clearly things were built or things were laid out in a, in a way with no regard to safety or even common sense. But the, the employees at the park, that was definitely a, a factor uh, factor as well. A lot of employees, the vast majority of employees were teenagers. Uh, a man by the name of Jim Desai, who was the security director for the park, got that job at age 21. So somebody with like oh. no, ex- very little experience, he'd only been working at the park two years, becomes a security director. These employees were underaged, undertrained, and often under the influence of alcohol, because alcohol was basically sold at kiosks just prevalent all over the park. And when you start to think about inebriated staff and inebriated patrons, it's not really a surprise 
that people were getting hurt so much. And it maybe makes you think that should alcohol be served at a place like this? That's one question. But question number two is why, why were you allowing your staff to be drunk? Like, shouldn't you have done more about that? Doctors who were treating the injured often reported that many of them were intoxicated. I mean, it was, I'm sure not everybody who went to Action Park, you know, was was drinking, but clearly a subset of people were. And yeah, uh, it doesn't take a lot to put that math together and saying, hey, you know what, if you're intoxicated and the person who's supposed to be, who is there, whose job it is to keep you safe is also intoxicated, things are going to go sideways. We also talked about the regulatory climate. So it's easy now, right, to sit here and say, well, uh, how did this ever happen? How did state officials, how did city officials ever let this happen? Despite many citations for safety violations that were issued to the park, it really took an investigation by the New Jersey Herald, uh, a a daily newspaper in the area, um, to really get into the bottom of that. And it was actually turned out that the park was only fined one time from 1979 to 1986, and that other amusement parks in the state that had safety issues were always fined for the first offense, and Action Park wasn't. Hmm. And so some sort of Maybe, you know, the the paper raised the question, is there some sort of special relationship between the ownership of Action Park uh, and the state? And uh, it kind of got even worse. Like after the, that drowning in the tidal wave pool in 1987, uh, the state like renamed the attraction, calling it a pool instead of a ride. And that allowed, basically meant the company could just keep the water clean and make sure there were lifeguards. That none of the regulations about rides. Oh, man were in play there (laughs) so bad yeah so clearly like i mean my my impression is from reading all this stuff is that you can't help but think that money was changing hands or someone was doing somebody favors right that the state was kind of looking the other way and letting action park just bring in piles of cash from its million visitors a year but i I don't know but i get that sense like that's just my feeling of like you read this stuff and it's like how in the world like why did no one say anything and what this eventually resulted in was Action Park losing... Well, the the owners of Action Park kind of lost it. So the Mulvey Hill family lost Action Park, right? In, what was it, 96, yes. 97? Yeah. And it was bought up by the mountain... Was it, They were bought up by the ski resort, right? That it was sitting on a, mm-hmm. a part of and became a place called Mountain Creek. And this didn't really do a lot. Like, the recession kind of hit Mountain Creek pretty badly, and they couldn't really turn it into a great park of any kind. Like, they basically revamped the water park. But at this point, I'm sure that people were kind of a bit hesitant of going to Action Park. Yeah. Right? You would think so. And, you know, the, the state did a bunch of stuff, too, in this time. They started putting in bilingual signs about what the ride entails, things about uh, water depth, which now, I mean, now you go into any public pool or semi-public pool, there are signs everywhere, right? None of that stuff existed at Action Park until it reopened as Mountain Creek. And so, you know, this stuff is going in, safety rules are being enforced, but the, the Canadian owners of Mountain Creek could only hold on to it you know, for a little while. In 2010, the Mountain Creek Ski Area and Water Park was sold uh, to a group led by our old friend, Eugene Mulville. He's back. I missed him. I missed <laughs> that guy. <laughs> uh, he is, of course, the former owner of the great American recreation company that owned Action Park in its heyday. And uh, under this new ownership, the park has reopened uh, as of 2014. And they have changed the name 
back to Action Park. I think one thing that is so interesting to me that has to be addressed is that Action Park like fundamentally is a bad name <laughs> right like it's just not a good name like the park of action i, I don't think it's very well good. it's it's confusing because it's mostly a water park especially now but you don't have to worry too much because they've actually are changing the name again so when they reopened 2014 they used the action park name which i would have thought and it's just me i would have thought is off the table because it is synonymous with people being hurt and this wikipedia article <laughs> outlining it all yeah like as you said like if you search for Action Park, you find lots of really bad stuff, yeah. right? You just you just don't want to see when you're getting ready to go on a trip. Right. They're putting it aside, and they're going for the 2016 season uh, and moving forward, Mountain Creek Water Park. That is a much nicer, a more inviting name than Action Park, I think. It's, it sounds more calming, which I hope, even though there are still some crazy rides there, that it it kind of tries to reflect a new approach for this uh, water park. There's this uh, this quote in this news article about it from the president of the resort by saying, you know, we like the old name, but uh, it represents a time in history. And this is an exact quote. When life was different, a little more liberated and free. When there was a lot less legislation holding <laughs> exactly. us back. <laughs> When those guys will let us go crazy with our loop-de-loops. And they have a whole massive safety page now, though, which they didn't, obviously didn't have back in the 80s. There was, no, there was no safety website in the 80s. That's the problem. That's the problem. I, I mean, I think the name change is good. Actionpark.com, at least for now, still resolves. But uh, they're going to change names, and I think it's probably for the better. Hopefully they will be a little more sane this time around in their ownership. But um, I guess time will tell. Now, you would think that given all of this, all of Eugene's history with all of the danger of Action Park, the current climate of safety, that you would maybe just make some safe rides, polish it up and try and cash in on the nostalgia, right? That, that maybe some people have for Action Park. But no, he's, go he's going back to his roots, baby. <laughs> in the summer of 2014, the Zero G opened. Uh, located on the tower for the H2ONO water slide, the Zero-G is a double looping slide featuring two inclined loops. Yeah, so the Zero-G, it doesn't have vertical loops like the old Cannonball ride did. These are just sort of inclined. And so you, you kind of go up a, a bank and then come back down. So you're not going completely upside down, but you still look at pictures of it, and I'm not sure that I would do it. Also, H2ONO water slide is maybe my favorite name of any of these rides. Like, it makes me smile. <laughs> it is a good name. H2ONO! But H2ONO, <laughs> it's capitalizing on the danger, right? Like, they're trying to scare you. <laughs> but it gets worse. Currently in development for Action Park, by a Vancouver-based company called Sky Turtle Technologies is a ride they are calling Sky Caliber, which is a vertically looping water slide. They're doing another one. Oh. But this time, unlike the original Cannonball Loop, riders will ride in a bullet-shaped aluminium cage, which some people have referred to as coffin-shaped in some articles, <laughs> which if they are doing that, like, I don't even want to get into the problems there. Uh, the ride features a considerably taller and steeper approach than Cannonball Loop did, um, and it's kind of teardrop-shaped. And the current indications are that the slide will actually be called Cannonball Loop. Like, that they're going to go back yeah. to it. Eugene is not very good at marketing. <laughs> no. Well, or he just likes to market danger. That's, you know, he's in the danger business. I mean, hopefully Cannonball Loop 2, which is slated to open later this year, 
uh, with a lot of stuff with Action Park, it's hard to tell when things are actual actually open, but it is supposed to be opening relatively soon. I guess we should go for the first ungeniest field trip. The meetup? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to really hurt anybody. So, I don't want to get in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy theme parks? Are you a theme park person? Not not really. Uh I mean, I don't really like roller coasters aren't really my thing, and so no, it's it's not something I it's not something that I, I'm afraid of or that I you know particularly hate, but it just doesn't this is not really my favorite thing. Yeah, I I do like them. Uh, I I didn't as a kid, but as I've grown up, I enjoy, I enjoy them more and more. Like one of uh, I've been on a couple that I've really enjoyed that are kind of a bit crazy, and one of them is the uh, New York New York roller coaster in Las Vegas, which is the roller coaster on top of the hotel. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that thing. It seems, um, it doesn't seem like it's in the same line of Action Park, but it definitely seems like something you look at and be like, is that something I really want to do? Like, I don't know. Not my thing. And another one that I've been on, uh, there's a there's a theme park here called Thought Park, and they have a bunch of interesting rides. One of them goes from uh, zero to 80 in under two seconds. Wow. And there's another new one that they have called The Swarm, which the way that it sets you up is like you're kind of laying down right so you're like being suspended so you're like kind of flat in the air so it's like you're flying is kind of the idea and it flies you through holes in things oh wow so you go through like holes in billboards it is a very interesting experience this theme park is currently working on a ride with a uh, popular kind of hypnotist and and trickster in the uk called darren brown it's called ghost train uh, and I think it features VR. Oh, interesting. I could I hadn't thought about that before now, but I could see VR becoming a thing in, in attractions like this, right? You can add so much to the experience. Yep. Of course, you have to have a gaming PC in the seat next to you, but I guess that's a different show. I wouldn't worry about that. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's theme parks and action park, the most horrifically terrifying theme park in the world. It's interesting to me that you'd have all this danger and water together because like, people aren't even completely clothed. You know, like I imagine so many grazers and cuts at Action Park. It must have been terrible. God. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is a bad idea. And like, once you start pulling on the thread of like, why did this happen? I mean, you get into all the shady stuff with the ownership and like, clearly this, this ownership just, I don't know if it's that they don't, they don't care or they think that it is worth the risk or that people, I mean, clearly people enjoy this, right? Like, there is a element to danger that is attractive to people. And I think that is mm-hmm. part of the, the sort of formula for Action Park. But man, it's um it's heartbreaking to read these stories from the 80s of, about people who, you know, go on a family trip and get injured or worse. Before we end this episode, I wanted to share an interview I had with John Syracuse, who has firsthand knowledge of our topic this week. All right, John, so you grew up in the uh, New York area and you... Went to Action Park, is that right? Yeah, it was a regular summer thing for us. We would go to Great Adventure, which is also in New Jersey, I believe, and uh, Action Park, usually uh, both in the same summer, sometimes multiple times. So so what was it like, you know, reading all these articles about Action Park in the, in the 80s? It just seems terrifying. Do you have any sense of that danger or that anything was unusual about it? It didn't seem uh, scary at all. It seemed exciting. Like, uh, Great Adventure was fun too that's just a roller coaster it's a six flags park just a bunch of roller coasters and stuff and that was more scary because i was always a little bit afraid of the roller coasters where you went upside down for whatever yeah. reason uh they bothered me uh but action park was just fun uh you'd go there and it was more like going to a playground like instead of going to amusement park where you're gonna wait online for rides it was like going to a really cool playground you know like 
when I was a kid, we didn't have them so much, but in the modern era, they have these amazing playgrounds with just these huge structures and uh, very inventive things to play on. And that's what Action Park was. It was like a giant playground for grown-ups. That's how it was advertised, too. Come here and you can go on the Alpine slide and go down a water slide and drive a go-kart and jump off a cliff into some water and uh, you know <laughs> go in the big wave pool. And those are all things that were appealing. Did the sense of, you know, bad things happening, did that, uh, if it wasn't evident there, was it part of the culture? Like, did people talk about, did your friends mention, hey, you know, this thing was on the news, someone died? Or was it just sort of completely separated from you as a kid? Yeah, we didn't have the internet then, so I guess word didn't spread so fast. And uh, I took some of my friends with me on trips to Action Park with my family, and I don't think their parents thought it was a big deal. I mean, there was... There was a sense of, uh, there's a fine line between da- danger and excitement when you're a kid, right? So there was a sense <laughs> right. of danger slash excitement. The, the one example that I think back on that it didn't seem weird to me at all when I was a kid. It just seemed like, oh, that's like a thing they do at Action Park. Because when you're a kid, you know, you just get used to certain things and everything is like normal, right? But uh, for example, at the top of the Alpine slide, this was, uh, at, I think it was a Vernon Valley Great Gorge type area where it's like uh, mountains, uh, ski mountains, mm-hmm. but there's no snow on them, right? But they would still have a chairlift to take you up this, you know, the little dinky mountain that they have there in New Jersey. Uh, and at the top of the mountain where you would normally ski down, they had a sort of uh, like a, a tube cut in half. So, you know, sort of a semicircle uh, tube chute, the, only the bottom half of the tube down the mountain. And you would get in these little vehicles, I guess, little plastic sleds with wheels on the bottom of them. And you'd have a handle that was a brake, basically, if you uh, if you press the, the, the handle down, it would pull the brake up. So you're basically pushing your weight up with a lever. If you just let go of everything, the brake would immediately go down and you would slow. Anyway, this is the Alpine slide and you get to basically go down this slide in this little car um, at whatever speed you felt comfortable with. And of course, if you just got in the thing and pushed the handle all the way to the floor and took the brake totally up, you would go faster and faster and faster until you caroomed off the edge of this uh, this little semicircular cement uh chute that you were going down there was nothing there's no rails or anything and your speed was totally determined up to you and very quickly you could get going fast enough that you would no longer stay in the little semicircle because the semicircle was not it wasn't like walls around you the semicircle was like two feet wide and like a foot high right so that's what you're in in your little in your little chute thing right um and at the top of this ride you take the chairlift up and at the top of the ride when you arrived rather than like the disney world type thing where everything is supposed to look like you know snow white's castle or look like a medieval village or look like whatever theme they're trying to present the top of this ride there was a a sign like a billboard that you'd walk up to kind of like you walk up to like a big map in a national park like you are here and so on and so forth yeah and on the sign were color photographs of injuries people had gotten on the alpine slide mostly oh. mostly abrasions and bruises and abrasions look like your skin is like all like peeled up and like yeah. red and bleeding this is what's greeted you at the top of the ride to basically say don't just push the handle all the way down mr macho because you will fly off the slide and scrape the skin off your body and here are pictures of all these people that did this and again as a kid you're like wow that's cool like this ride is you know this is a super cool ride you know and, and as a kid i was too wimpy to to go flying off the slide and never uh, off the edges and i never did but can you imagine a modern theme park putting grisly images of injury yeah. that happen on the ride you're about to go on like not joking like oh this is a dangerous pirate ride no, like seriously <laughs> people actually get injured you will be hurt yeah i'm looking at a picture of it i just sent it to you and it's it is not something i can imagine today you know i've got young kids and i can't I can't imagine this being something that we come across now as, as a family in the 21st century, but 
I guess times were different. For kids, it was kind of safe because it took a lot of strength to push the, the brake all the way down because you were essentially lifting your own body up off the ground onto the little wheels. You were pressing the wheels down. So little kids, it was hard for them to get there enough weight to sort of lift their own weight up with the lever. And you can see in the picture around the curves, the wall went up higher on the side that you would go up on. But mm -hmm. those little things didn't help. You could go flying straight off of those, first of all. And second of all, they didn't last for long enough. You know, you could just go uh, up that and down that then right off the other side and in fact the there was a death in 1980 and it was a 19 year old park employee kind of going into your idea that it, it kind of takes a, a grown-up or an out you know a, a teenager to have the force to to go f you know full speed what what about the um what about the the water rides that's something that looking at this that's it's really where a lot of the danger was and unfortunately where a lot of the, the fatalities happened i mean you look at these pictures and it's like you're jumping off a cliff like into water where people are swimming below you was that was that something that was i mean i don't even have a water park where i live like this is not a thing like was this in line with other places no it was, it was very different because there were mostly i mean you can see a lot of this in, in the wikipedia article about it it was mostly like like i said like a playground if you go to a playground you don't get in a line to go on the slide there's no attendant on the slide you just go up the slide and you go down right and is there anything stopping you going out down the slide when a kid is crawling up the slide no other than nope. like your own good sense right now scale the slide up to something the size of the side of the mountain they had water slides which were my most fun thing you'd get these like foam rubber mats and the water slide is just a big plastic you know semicircular uh tube with water being poured down it and you just get on this little foam rubber mat however you want to get on it i usually went head first to just grab the front edge of the thing and just flop with your body on it and you go down the water slide and as you go up you walk up these long cement stairs or wooden stairs to get to the top of where the water slide is there is an attendant up there kind of pretending to go okay now your turn okay now your turn but other than that down the slide it's a free-for-all there's no one there to help you or save you if you get scared and stop at the top of a hill or don't get going fast enough or or uh, you know, or someone is coming behind you really fast. It's just it's entirely a free-for-all, just like the regular slide, only it's huge. And there's water, and you end up in a big pool of water, and I hope you can swim when you get there because you probably won't be able <laughs> yeah. to touch the bottom. And I found those was great fun because you weren't supervised, because it wasn't like a, a contained... Uh, well-orchestrated ride and they were all like that like a cliff jumping thing it was just a big swimming pool with cliffs that you could jump off of and like you said <laughs> how do you know you're not jumping on top of someone's head i don't know yeah. i mean like you don't <laughs> there was lifeguards there but they were not really yeah you know, the big theme of the park is that it was run by teenagers who were you know uh disinterested or stoned or dangerous or drunk or many combinations of these things again as a kid i didn't notice that they were teenagers because you know how everyone older than you just seems like an adult right but in hindsight there were probably you know 17 18 19 year olds who didn't care if anyone lived or died i mean they had lifeguards like the wave pool that's one of the, the places where i felt the most danger mostly because big waves are kind of scary i mean it's used to it from going to the ocean all summer and everything but this seemed somehow worse than the ocean because it was like man-made and artificial and you would be like pinned against a wall with a bunch of other people and there was nowhere <laughs> to go unlike the you know the ocean or whatever but yeah they had lifeguards there and they were constantly stopping the waves and fishing people out and you know you just always assumed like i remember thinking as a kid like it was scary and dangerous when they pulled somebody out, but you never thought it would be you, right? Or yeah. if it was you, like, uh, you're like, I don't know, I'll, I'll just manage my own danger. It just, mm -hmm. it, it just felt self-sufficient. But, you know, everything there was just, and even just the places where you climb on ropes and, you know, cargo nets and simple things like that, there was nobody in those areas. And those were huge things with giant falls onto, like, oh, we'll put wood chips down and you'll be fine. No, you won't. You'll be break your neck and be paralyzed. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't let my kids run around this place unattended, but my parents did. Uh, and uh, and I loved it. Yeah, the uh, the staffing thing is something that comes up in the Wikipedia article, then other things I've read too. That it was just like high school students, and there was you know very 
little adult supervision of the staff. And so that sort of just boiled down. Like the security director at one point was like a 21 year old kid and, you know, everyone's drinking booze and like it, it just, like you said, it's just, it's just a big playground with no, no, no adults to be found, I guess, except parents who thought it was okay. Yeah, and it, it was fun for them too. Like they had things for that age group. If you were 18 years old riding around on a go-kart or shooting like, you know, some little pneumatic guns that shoot tennis balls at things while other people drive around in little go-kart tanks, like that's fun. I, one of the things they had was the, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this craze, uh, I don't know if it's still around. I haven't seen it. But in, in the 80s, one of the big fun things you could do and they would show on TV and everything was have a giant upward facing fan in a room mm-hmm. and then you wear the big parachute kind of billowy clothes and you go over the fan and spread your arms and legs out and the fans you know, like lets you basically hover in midair. It's really right. hard to do. But anyway, of course, they had one of these at Action <laughs> Park and it was a little bit anticlimactic because you would see all the people get suited up and go on the fan. It's not easy to do. Like, they show them on TV, like, oh, look, I'm doing it. No. Most people get in there, and there's attendants there trying to help them. Like, all right, bounce over the top of the fan. And they go, ah, and they blow off the side and smack into the mat and, and fall down. And they keep doing it. Like, no one ever actually hovered. A lot of people would try to hover, and that was fun to watch while you waited in line for other rides. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you survived it, John. Glad, glad you escaped in one piece. Yeah, I, I narrowly averted death, but not, really, I, I had no. The only time here is the only time I had a sense of danger at this park, besides being in the wave pool. Towards the tail end of Action Park's career or lifetime, and I'm sure you see this in all the picture and all the stories, they were building uh, a new water slide in a certain part of the park. And I remember watching it being built over the course of maybe one or two years, or maybe just one or two visits in a single summer. And it was a tube that you go down that they fill with water. And there was a lot of those, but this one had a loop in it. Mm-hmm. And I said, now, even as a kid, I'm like, now you've gone too far. You yeah. you do not understand the physics of, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not as if th- this is like a one dimensional space and you are pointed along a line and wherever we make the line go, you will follow. This is an actual human body that you're going to try to accelerate to fast enough speed, totally unencumbered in a tube wearing nothing but a bathing suit filled with water. How is the top part of the loop going to be lubricated? How are you going to get people moving fast enough? What happens if something suddenly spreads out their arms halfway up the tube? This seemed like a terrible idea to me. I don't know if that ride ever opened, but I saw them building it. And I remember even my little kid brain was like, no, no, yeah. you, 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 you've, you've flown too close to the sun. <laughs> it did open for a very short period. And of course, people got terribly injured. But uh, I think that ride really sums up the entire thing for me, like, you know, reading about it, looking at all these pictures of like, what, what were you thinking? Like, can you just imagine the guys like putting it together and be like, one of them looks at the other and be like, does this seem like a good idea to you? It doesn't seem like a good idea <laughs> Someone drew it on the back of a napkin and they're like, all right, yeah, we'll build that. Because I guess it was just enough money flowing through there to, uh, to, to make everything happen. Even some of the more simple ones, like one of the ones was just a slide that you go down, a water slide, but a straight down water slide, kind of like a supersized version of a, a slide at a park. Um, and you cross your arms on your chest and you go like a little pin straight down. But the slope on the first part of the slide was so tremendous that if you were to, while going down that section, press off, like press off of the slide mm-hmm. a little bit, you would find yourself falling vertically. And then it, 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 you know, it, it sloped down into a curve at the bottom part. So you had to stay stuck to the slide. So you would gradually flatten out and eventually end up lying straight on your back facing the sky, right? That's what you were supposed to do. But the first part was so vertical that if you panicked and pushed away from the wall, you'd find yourself falling vertically 30 feet onto a hard plastic slide that was bending down and, you know, to to try to to catch you. It was terrifying to watch people do that because 
one wrong move from the from the rider and you were going to break both your legs <sighs> it's a it's a, a different a different world now isn't it yeah uh it's mostly for the better i think you can have most of the same fun without the danger but there is a certain bliss to being a kid and not understand exactly how dangerous everything <laughs> here is and again like i said to me great adventure seems scarier and this just seemed like the world's biggest most fun playground well i think that sums up episode one of ungenius you can find what a great start it's a great start right (laughs) dove right in right into the tidal wave pool straight to danger if you want to find show notes this week you can find them in your app of choice or you can find them on our website relay.fm slash ungenius slash one you can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways there's a contact link on that page you can hit us up on twitter mike is at imike i-m-y-k-e and I'm at ISMH, and you can find the show at Ungenius. Like Mike said at the top, we'd love to get uh, ideas from you. So if you have an article that really stands out to you, you'd like us to talk about, uh, send it our way, and it will get added to the list. I think uh, I think that's it, Mike. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Adios.